Welcome to the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast. Our host, Oscar Endermo, will together with guests share proven, tested strategies for improving your life and business. At the end of each episode, you will learn how you can use technology to implement those strategies into your daily life. We want to help you bridge the gap from inspiration to implementation. Hello, friends. This episode is a leadership episode. I am talking with my friend Gunnar. We're talking about managing the small talk in organizations. We're talking about energy. These are the topic of Gunnar's two books that he's written about leadership. He's a Swedish leadership expert and he used to be a police officer before he became a leadership expert. So he has a really interesting background. And I met him in US a few years ago at a conference. And he's a great guy. And whenever I meet him, I leave with more energy than when I came with. And that's a lesson, I think, for everyone. When you're sitting with someone, try to give energy to that person. So when you you guys leave, you both will have more energy. That's a, a way that we all can, just small things that is free, that we can easily apply and do into our own lives. Uh, if you think the conversation is a bit slow, I recommend you to speed up the podcast. I listen to a lot of different podcasts, and I listen to most of them in 1.5 speed. In almost all of the players, if you're listening to Spotify, I believe you cannot speed it up on Spotify. But if you listen on an iPhone, you can easily just press the button to speed it up, so it's 1.5. And yeah, it's uh, we're talking quite slow in English, so 1.5 will be easy. So uh, yeah, here we go. Me and Gunnar talk about leadership. So I'm with uh, my guest from the podcast show, Gunnar. And Gunnar is flexing his muscles now. It's it's, uh, not Gunnar from Expandables, but uh, my friend Gunnar in uh, Sweden. Almost from Expandables. (laughs) Almost. Almost. And Gunnar is a leadership expert, and he is, uh, in the background, a police officer. He started as a police officer. Yes, sir. So... Let me share a little bit about how you started off your career, Yeah, how you led to, to today. I, I was extremely interested in, in leadership and human beings and, and you know, how, how people actually behave and why they behave in different ways. And also my father was a police officer, so, uh, well, it was kind of natural for me to attend police academy and, and work as a police, and that is something I really both enjoyed working as a police and today I'm extremely glad that I have mm. that experience mm. because leader, because uh, being a policeman is so much about leadership. Mm. It is about leading people in different and difficult situations. Mm. And you were in uh, one of the toughest dis- districts, I believe, no? Yeah, in the central Stockholm mm. called Normans Police. And when was this? Uh, let's see, it was between like 87 and, yeah, 87 till 97, I mm. think. Was it that time when there was a lot of gang violence in central Stockholm? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's more in the papers nowadays, mm. but back then it was very violent as well, with mm. a lot of gangs. Mm. But it wasn't focused that much in the media, but it was, you know, kind of tough years, I would mm. say. Yeah. Any stories from that time when you had to take quick decisions and leadership skills as a police officer? Well, yes, many stories. And, and one thing I think about every now and then is um, we were called to a hospital because there were a whole, whole uh, family in, in the hospital because 
one in the family was having a surgery and then the rest of the, the family would like to be in the hospital and they were like 35, 40 and they were, you know, making some noise and, and, and we had to kind of get them out of the hospital. And actually, you don't have anything in the law saying that you cannot be in a hospital when someone you know is having, having a surgery. So we went in there and there was a lot of argument. But after some time, I kind of uh, get connected to the informal leader and got him to understand that we needed to solve the situation. And it went out really well. Mm. One of those tricky situations from where I've learned a lot, actually. Yeah. How do you deal with emotions during those stressful, stressful times? In is that something that you can train, or is it that some people are just good in those situations? Or? Well, I think both. But some people are good in that, those situations. Some people are good working under stress, I think. Mm. And one other thing which that, that many people don't think about is the extremely impact of the uniform. Because when you have your uniform on, you are kind of in a position. And things are so much easier because after after full work day, you kind of take off your uniform and you go back into going out of the person and stuff. Mm-hmm. So the difference with being a professional and a person lies in the uniform. And that helps you to be calm in situations, deal with emotions and so on. Mm-hmm. Did you keep the uniform when you left the police force? Unfortunately, <laughs> it could be useful at times. Huh? Yes, and if I still would have had it, I could have locked you up. <laughs> exactly <laughs> for something yeah. or actually many things. Yeah. Yeah, let's not go there. Uh, and I was thinking now that you do uh, speaking engagements, and I do as well. And sometimes you get uh, kind of tired after. And maybe you could apply the same thing that you have a suit uniform yeah. and you do yeah, your yeah. speaking, and then once you get home, you take it off and. <laughs> You know, the work role versus Gunnar, the private person. You know? Yeah, that's true. But on the other hand side, the only way to be really good at public speaking is to be yourself. Mm. And is to be a little bit personal mm. and, and share your own experiences. So it's it's trickier to have a uniform on mm. giving public speaking yeah, true. speeches. Yeah. Okay, so now you're a leadership expert. And uh, how, what was... What was the story? How did you transition from a police officer to a leadership consultant? And well, uh, for two reasons. First, it that is that I ended up in situations where when I had a gun pointed at me. Ah, okay. And that was kind of a tough experience, of course. And uh, you know, I started to think what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, mm. and I decided that I would like to, you know, to. Uh, learn more, study more, get more deep into this with organizations and, and leadership. So I started study, and uh, after four or five years I took my exam, and after that I decided to take a PhD in, mm. in leadership and organizational theory. Mm. Because that has always, all through my life, been my you know, really big interest in people. And that's also the reason for why I started out as a cop. Mm. And I believe your PhD resulted in your first book. Yeah. Correct? So, yeah. so tell us, tell the listeners what, what was the PhD about and your first book, because I find it an interesting topic. Yeah. My first book was about everyday leadership, I would say. Or, or I, I asked the question, 
why do people do things at work and uh, what is leadership about in an organization and I did a large study on a big organization and what I found in my PhD was the extreme importance of the everyday ongoing small talk in the organizations. You know, the kind of talk that goes on before a meeting, after a meeting, during coffee breaks, during lunches and so on. How extremely important that small talk is for what people actually do and don't do, mm. for what they think and don't think and for the culture in the organization, for instance. Mm. Yeah, but how can you as a leader control that? I mean, because if it's negative and negative talk about the company, then it kind of many times spreads, no? Like yeah, yeah. One, one person talks bad and then everyone, and then you have these gossip groups. And How can you as a leader control this? Well, well first of all, you, you, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know... One or two, two or three or four persons in an organization can really affect the small talk and it can turn into bad and negative small talk. First, I would like to say that if you have a bad small talk or a negative small talk at work, that will cost you money. Mm. That will affect the result. And if you have a good and positive small talk, that will also affect your mm. result, but in a different way. It will be positive. Could, could you measure that in your, in your PhD? Uh, yes, you can say that if you have. Yes, you can say that. Mm, yeah. You cannot say exactly how many percent. But okay. You can see it's it a in positive the correlation. Yes, yeah. a positive correlation. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And and you asked me the question: How a leader can affect the small talk? I will first of all say that today in many companies, leaders are extremely busy. Mm. They sit in meetings. <laughs> they you know. Mm have a lot of plannings, things to do, things that just, you know, happens in the organization they have to deal with and so on, and emails and phone calls and everything. Mm. So many leaders do not spend any time in the informal small talk. Mm. And if you don't do that, it will be very difficult for you to kind of create the co-workers' trust. Mm. But if you kind of get the co-workers' trust by participating in the informal small talk, you can also have an effect on it. Mm. You can change a negative small talk into a more positive, but you mm. have to be there. Mm. So that's the, the first step, I guess, to join in for the lunch and join in for the fika coffee break. So you can actually, yeah, if you're sitting in your office, closed door, you cannot even, you can't do anything about it. You know? No, no, totally right. Yeah. The first step is to actually be there. And mm. also you have to be a little bit brave mm. because, you know, being around the informal small talk, you might hear things that are not okay mm. and that are not good, then you have to say that. Mm. And I can give you an example on that, because a year ago I worked with a company that wanted to change their culture. So they had a big conference with their 200 co-workers and they, you know, three or four or five leaders went up on stage talking about the new culture and how important mm. it was. After that, it was like a three-course dinner with some beer and some wine. Mm. And around 10 o'clock, I overheard a couple of co-workers talking with one of the leaders that had been on the stage mm. earlier on. And one of the co-workers said, ah, this was the new culture. It's, I think it's just bullshit. And everybody laughed in that mm. small talk, including the leader that oh, really? had been on stage. Mm. 
So you have to be in a way brave, mm. and th that leader would should have said that that's not okay. This mm. is the way it's going to be. Yeah. So mm. you need to be brave. You have to be there. You have to be brave as well. Yeah. Now I think uh, I I mean after after I left hotels, I I think I I went into events and uh, we saw see the the corporate events, and I think it's really important. Some companies cut the budgets on doing you know events outside of the office. But I think it's very important because during those events, there's so much small talk going on. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, you just discuss your families. You talk about work. Yeah. You talk, and we talked about the fika break. And in yeah. Swedish culture, we have the fika break. <laughs> and you talk about, about work because that is what you have in common. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So things will come up during those. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so much learning in mm. this informal small talk. Yeah, yeah. You know, for instance, one co-worker is out there meeting a customer, comes back and, you know, kind of have problems in get that customer to buy something. You know, have a fika with a couple of peers and, you know, they talk about that and they will mm. probably come up with a good solution on mm. how you can do it better. Yeah. So if we define fika break, um, we talked about it in previous episodes, but what is a fika break for the international listeners? Wow, I think a fika break is probably the more Swedish that there is. Yeah, yeah. Um, except Bjorn Borg and Slatan. <laughs> but a coffee break is a time during the day where people in an organization, for instance, sit down, take a cup of coffee and talk to each other. Mm. And also listening to mm. each other. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, both we in Sweden and abroad, people have been laughing about this fika break. Yeah. But I think it's Something extremely important. Yeah. yeah. Take a little bit of break from what you're doing and sit down with your colleagues. And, yeah. yeah. And, and again, the, the conversations will probably mostly revolve around work, you know, yeah, yeah. because that's what you have in common. So. Yeah. I mean, in, in my research and in other researches as well, I found that about 60-70% of the, the conversations in Nenefika, for instance, is about work. Mm. It's about customers, it's about uh, managers, it's about the strategies, about the latest mm. meeting and so on. And that's the reason for why it's so important. Mm. It is about important things. Yeah. So for the international listeners, you should put uh, two times a day where you, everyone goes for a coffee break and sit down together and talk. That's <laughs> I think that's a good idea. But yeah. also you can see in, in many of the very successful companies today, yeah. they use yeah. Google, we, for instance. Yeah, we Airbnb. talked about that before, the so, informal meetings yeah, yeah. and that yeah, yeah. Google set up areas they for informal meetings. They have a setup for it. Yeah. They are very clever. They have a setup for it. And yeah. sometimes they have like rooms where you play table tennis mm. and so on. And the reason for why they have this is that people can, you know, come together in informal forms yeah. and talk and, you know, kind of get along with each other. Yeah. And that's because they understand how important it is. And I would, I'm quite sure that many of the good ideas mm. has come up during those kind of moments and mm. situations. Yeah. Now, I've been to the head office in Stockholm for Candy Crush and King, and they have so many, so much space for informal meetings. And yeah. And, uh, yeah, and when you have a, a passionate culture, you know, people are really passionate about what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, they stay late and they play ping pong together and discuss yeah, yeah. problems at work and, you know, and uh, probably in a positive way, you know. So. Yes. And maybe you need to get along with people in informal ways in order to get passionate. Mm. Mm. Maybe yeah. it's not enough just mm. to have a computer and a room. No, maybe so you, you need the linked, energy uh, from other people to get passionate for your work. Yeah. 
So that uh, I think brings us to the next book, Energy. Yeah, wow, I love that one. <laughs> good transition. Huh? Yes, thank you. <laughs> so do your it, latest it was so good, so do it again. <laughs> your latest book that you released uh, in, uh, I think, summer of 2017 yep. is about energy, right? It is about energy, and it's not the individual energy; it's about company energy. Or how would you? I would say define? it's it's both. Because organizations, you know, it's it's a bunch of individuals. Mm. So talking about energy, you have to have both those perspectives. Mm. And I got to think about this book actually a couple of years ago, and that's under during a period when I lost my own energy. Mm-hmm. I have been doing the same kind of work for some years. I have the same customers. I kind of get bored of it, and I gain some weight, mm. and I. Stopped uh, with my workouts. I've always been doing a lot of workouts mm. all through my year. All, that's all the, my life. when Gunner, when I compare you with Gunner in Expandables, that's what you have in common with Gunner in Expandables, <laughs> the workouts. And well, yeah, <laughs> but that Gunner is a little bit smaller. <laughs> <laughs> Dolph, I hope you don't listen to this. <laughs> yeah. If you do, you don't, you don't have my address. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I lost my own energy. Okay. And I realized that I, I had to do something about it. Mm. And I did. And I took more risks in my, my uh, working life. And I took also more risks in my personal life. And I kind of, you know, got my energy back. And, uh, yeah, that is what kind of the start, get, what's the starter for me to write the book about mm. energy. Okay. So, in organizations, have you studied organizations all over the world or mainly in Sweden? I would say mainly in Sweden and Europe. Yeah. And energy, how is the situation in most organizations? Is it good energy or...? I would say difference. I've been to some companies where, where there is a very good energy. And, and one thing for sure is with a good energy at work, you will create good results. Mm. Because if you have good energy, people like their work, they stay for an extra hour, you know, they kind of put all their effort into the work. And if you have bad energy, people will probably, you know, go home at five o'clock and think of trying to get another work. Mm, So I think energy is so important. And it, I mean, it's important in all organizations Mm. all over the world. And there's Mm. not that many differences between like a Swedish organization or a European organization. So when it comes to energy. So when you talk about energy, I mean, there's different ways. There's physical energy, there's emotional yeah, yeah. energy. So, so what are kind of your definitions that you work with in the book? Well, I, many different, I would say. I work, for instance, with, with the body and the energy, of mm. course, and the brain and its energy. And, and one thing about the brain is that you need to do one thing at the time. Mm. In organizations, we always try to do three or four things at the multitasking, mm. as we mm. call it. You know, it's... It kind of uh, sucks the br- the energy out of the brain. Mm. So I both work with it in you know physical way and in the brain, and uh, how you eat. But mostly, of course, in the interaction between human beings. Mm. And I write, you know, quite some about complaining in mm-hmm. organizations mm. and how that actually eats people's energy yeah. both the one complaining and also the one listening to yeah. it yeah. kind of relates to the first book then or yeah is overlapping a couple of these things no? yes of course yeah. i mean complaining goes on in in the small talk yeah but it's yeah. i've been focusing more about what takes energy and what gives energy in organization mm. and, and one Probably the best example is complaining. Okay. And I've been working with, with some organizations where they have been complaining from 8 o'clock until 5 o'clock when they go home. Wow. 
And, you know, people spend 40% of their uh, awake time yeah, at, at work. work. Can you imagine just... To, yeah, yeah. It drains yeah. our... It sucks the energy yeah. out of people being at work yeah. like that. What are some examples that uh, give energy in, in an organization? Well, uh, a couple of very small examples. First of all, I think that we have been focusing so much on problems in an organization. And we as human beings focus on problems. For instance, if you have a colleague, colleague giving a presentation, when he or she is down, you probably go to that person and say, oh, I should have one more slide and you should have said this, you should have said that. We kind of focus on the problems or mm. what is not working that well. And that kind of takes energy as well. I think we should fo- focus more on the good things in people. Mm. Yeah. Looking for that, giving that kind of feedback, that creates energy. Mm. And that also makes us a little bit better. Mm. Because we as human beings, we know what we do that is not that good. So we yeah. don't need other people to point it out for us. Yeah. When we met this summer, you talked about catching someone doing good during the small talk. Yeah. And that was a tool for the leaders. That is I a tool. I found that a very good idea, actually. Yes, yes, yes. That, if, yeah. if I had been a leader in a, comp- in a company today, I would have used the small talk, being a part of it. And when I heard of someone doing something good, I would say that in the small talk. Mm, in front of everyone. Said, yeah. For instance, Oscar, I heard about you went uh, with that customer mm. last week. I think you did a great job. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. More of that, please. Yeah. That creates energy. Yeah. And if you do it in a nice, relaxed way, it must be so powerful because it it's, you know, it's from the heart. And, you know, and this thing that you should praise in public and criticize in yeah. private. But if you do it in the small talk during lunch, you know, yes, yes, of course yes. everyone will feel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's so simple. Mm. And it's, you know, it's not rocket science. Still, we don't do it in mm. companies. Yeah. We need to practice that. We mm. need to practice that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so uh, the other things that gives energy, this uh, physical and uh, and nutrition and these kind of yeah. things, is yeah. that something that the, the companies should be involved with as well, you think? Or is it up to the individual? Well, that's an interesting question. Of course, in a way, it's up to the individual. But maybe the company could help us a little bit. Mm. I mean, I know some companies that, that offers massage mm. at work. And yeah. I think that is pretty good, yeah. well-invested money. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I believe in the US, in, some, in Silicon Valley, there's a lot of meditation rooms yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. you can but go to and do a 10 minutes, you know, yeah. kind of... I think that's very good stuff. Mm. Yeah. But either way, it, it's mostly up to the individual, yeah, yeah. I would say. In, in Dubai, it's been in October 2017, there's been a fitness challenge that the government issued. So they was pushing everyone to do 30 minutes of exercise for 30 days. Wow. And they were pushing it out in apps and uh, the, the, the leaders were kind of uh, pushing the companies to, to like kind of challenging each other. Like, are you part of the 30-day fitness challenge and these kind of things? So it's quite wow. interesting. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. I love to hear that. I mean, we had that a couple of years ago in Sweden mm. with all these... Um, What do you call it? Measuring steps. Yeah, when you the step counting. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Step counting uh, competitions yeah. in yeah. many companies. We don't hear that today. Many, much today? Oh, okay. No, no, not that much yeah. today. Yeah, not I remember I did one with a friend of mine. We were competing between us, and the last day I walked I, because I was a little bit behind. So the last day I was like walking for like four hours or something just to catch up. <laughs> I know. thought you had been been like walking ten steps every day. <laughs> <laughs> Then you do everything the last day to catch yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. You know, so. yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Anything else about energy? And well, in the book, I, I give many different advices around mm. energy, and uh, yeah. you know, from small things to kind of bigger things. Mm. And uh, you know, f- sleep, for instance. Mm. I haven't been thinking that much about sleep. Mm. Uh, you know, I've been working and I like to stay up late and, and you know, f- most of the time I go to bed at 12, mm. 12.30 and get up at 6.37 in the morning. Mm. And when I realized that I need more sleep than that, mm. nowadays I give myself eight hours of sleep. And mm. I, you know, of course that affects my energy. Mm. Yeah. And also, you know, watching TV, for instance, if you mm. only focus on bad things that happens mm. in the world, all mm. the wars and everything, that yeah. kind of affect your energy as well. Yeah, yeah watching the news uh, yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah let's, you think the world is going to end, but... Yeah. yeah, so very small things, I think, can help you a lot. Just, yeah. You just need to see them, focus on them, yeah. and try to change a little bit every day. Yeah. But, so, for private companies, I believe it's easier to implement a lot of these things. But, when, but what about government organizations that may not have the same resources and So what are some things that they can do in government organizations? Well, first of all, uh, say positive things to people mm. doesn't cost anything yeah. at all. No, that's true. So that's an, probably the best way actually to start. Yeah. Focus more on what actually works yeah. and kind of give that back to people as positive feedback. Yeah. And uh, also, I don't think that anyone would like to be in an organization where there's two too much complaining, for instance. So work with that as a leader, try to focus on that and try to kind of, you know, turn the small talk around mm. into a little bit more positive. It doesn't yeah. cost anything at all. Yeah, no, exactly. So yeah. it doesn't matter if you're a public company or, or if or if you're if you're a company or an or a Mm. government organization it doesn't yeah. matter yeah catching someone doing something good and talking about it during lunch break it's completely free it's free yeah. it's free uh, yeah. you know one I, i've been in in california a couple of times during mm. the last years and i always think about how much they smile mm. you know as a swede you know coming to california and everybody's because it's sunny over you. there you know? yeah, yeah yeah and the only <laughs> thing you think about is Hi, do they want to borrow some money? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah. you know, after some time, even sweets start to smile, and, yeah. and that yeah. creates energy as well. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, it doesn't smile. cost yeah. anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. Now in Sweden, people only smile the first spring days in May, you know, when the sun comes back after a long winter. So every Swede has like five smiles every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so smile more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Future book, I believe you're working on the next book, but like, you want to talk about it now or? Well, let's put some, they put that. some pressure on you to yeah, <laughs> finish it. I just, you know? that. <laughs> I just felt that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've come into a time of my life when I really like to write. Okay. Yeah. And so it's going to be another book okay, in excellent. a year or so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll come back to that next year. And <laughs> yeah. And now we have and a, a deadline. Will, If you do this, <laughs> there's also going to be another movie, Expendables 3. <laughs> so you need to prepare <laughs> for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for this conversation. I don't know if you have any final things you want to say about these topics, the energy and the small talk in organizations. Yeah, well. Remember that the small talk and the, the energy is actually what counts today. Mm. That gives result and also healthy people. So focus on the energy, focus on the informal small talk. And that will hopefully give a better world. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
Lots of lessons that can be applied immediately and most of them are free. Just smile and try to catch people doing the right thing and do that in front of people. That's great great uh, advice from Gunnar. I recommend you to read both of his books and I'm going to put the link in the blog post where you can find them. He's, uh, the first book is also in English but the second one is currently only in Swedish but he's working on a translation as well. So, as always, subscribe to the to the podcast, and if you like the episode, share it with a friend and make a comment on uh, iTunes. That will make my day. You can spread the joy by writing a nice comment, and I'll be a happy, happy person. So, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Strategic Tech Coaching Podcast with your host Oscar and Derma. We'll catch you next time.